what is yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away. Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, the voice of authority here, who introduces me every week on Technology Revolution. We finally call it Tech Rev. So excited about this show. We're talking about a topic I haven't covered in at least a year and long overdue. Shame on me. We're talking about the future of drones landing on a porch or a planet near you soon. We'll just let you ponder on that one. Hello to LinkedIn. Hello to Facebook. My panelists, I haven't introduced you yet, but just wave hello, everybody. Wave hello. There, live and present, and we're so excited. I've got four really, really good experts, and a quick shout-out to Don Deloach, who is listening today, who, along with one of my guests, Chuck Byers, helped put together this panel. So thank you to both of you. I have three opening buzz quotes before we introduce our speakers. Listen up, everybody. I have a quote from Forbes, and the quote is, Drones are a transformative technology that over the next decade, now this article is very recent, will change in ways you likely never imagined. Drones are now literally out of this world. That's why I mentioned coming to a planet near you. NASA successfully landed the Perseverance rover on Mars earlier this year, 2021, and it carried an important payload, the Mars Helicopter Ingenuity. Today's commercial drones, listen, to this may be interesting to all of you because it was a surprise to me. Commercial drones fall into the category of EVs, electronic vehicles. Similar to electronic automobiles, EVs, drones offer an important option in fending off greenhouse gases and becoming carbon neutral. Thank you to Forbes for that great article. Buzz number two, and Chuck is, is smiling and nodding. I think they all get this. Number two, this is from calcalu.edu. Listen to this. This is an advertisement for a class. Start a game-changing career working with dynamic drone technologies. One of the first drone... To, how do I find this stuff? Founds, how do I find this stuff? One of the first <laughs> drone... And I pronounced his name right. One of the first drone degree programs in the U.S. since the FAA release of Part 107. I don't know what that means. You'll all tell me. Cal U's Associate of Science degree in Unmanned Aircraft Systems and Drone Technology will give you, all of our listeners out there comprehensive training in aviation principles and drone avionics. Well, let's all sign up. That sounds like a cool career to tell your kids. Forget about the other stuff. Just go to drone technology. And buzz number three is from, of all places, popularmechanics.com. Listen up. Google's air delivery service, Wing, will soon begin delivering library books to kids living in Christianburg, Virginia, according to a report in the Washington Post. How did this all happen? A middle school teacher was getting her groceries through a drone delivery service, and she went to the company and said, hey, why don't you start sending books to my students? And they said, okay. So there we are, drones in the news. We have so much more to talk about. We're going to get some really savvy predictions on where drones are coming to a porch, a planet, a rooftop near all of us. So as I call your name, please just wave hello to our live streaming audience, Chuck Byers. Welcome back. You were on a show with me recently. 
Bounds, Genesee, say hello. There you go. Good Ryan. Good morning, Ryan Walsh. Hello to Ryan and Stephen Philpot Sr. Hi, Steve. Mm-hmm. I have to introduce him as senior because apparently his son is very publicly visible and we have to distinguish between junior and senior. So we're happy to have dad on the show. Thank you very much, Steve. And our topic again today is the future of drones landing on a porch, a rooftop, a grocery store, a library, or a planet near you. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, Bonnie in the house. Happy to be here. Let's meet our panelists today. Chuck Byers, you're up first. Chuck, there might be, I'm guessing, about 9.3 people who don't remember you from the last time you were on my show. I want you to talk just to those 9.3 people and remind them, and I'm going to say shame on them. Chuck, refresh our memory. Who are you? What do drones have to do with you and your organization? And why are you excited to be here today? Chuck Byers, welcome. Well, thanks so much, Bonnie, and thanks to the listeners and those of you who might remember me from that security panel that I was on about two months ago. Uh, I'm uh, basically a 36-year veteran of telecommunications, networking, and various sorts of stuff related to that. I was a Bell Labs fellow for the famous Bell Laboratories, Alcatel, Lucent kind of folks. You might remember those guys from the past. Uh, I spent 10 years at Cisco working on networking and our various kinds of artificial intelligence and Internet of Things engines. And right now I actually have two different hats that I wear. Uh, they're both CTO roles. I'm CTO of the Industry IoT Consortium, which is a consortium of around 150 companies who work on trustworthy Internet of Things and digital transformation of industries. And uh, more relevant to today's adventure, I'm also CTO of a drone delivery company called Valkyrie, and we build intelligent mailboxes that are really out there catching the packages that are dropping off the bottom of these drones. Uh, I'm uh, also an accomplished inventor. I have 120-some U.S. patents, uh, about a dozen of them in the drone space. Thanks and looking forward to it. Thank you, Chuck. Valkyrie. Now, Valkyrie is a word that harks back hundreds of years. It was spelled V-A-L-K-Y-R-I-E, if I'm remembering correctly. And your company is V-A-L-Q-A-R-I. Any relationship to that word we need to know about? Oh, we'll let Ryan take that question. Um. (laughs) Okay, and Ryan is up next. Thank you, Ryan Walsh. Welcome. Would you please do me the honor of introducing yourself to our audience? Who are you? What do you do? And share with us why you're excited to be here today. Ryan Walsh. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie, and great to see everybody. Um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Valkyrie, and as Chuck mentioned, we focus on designing and building drone delivery infrastructure, uh, both the sending and receiving side. Um, I started interacting with drones when I spent time in special operations. Uh, They were just starting to enter the the battlefield, and it was only a matter of time before they started becoming more commercially viable and and based on logistics and healthcare and some of these other things. Um, you know, uh, as you mentioned, Valkyrie does, uh, go back to the Norse word. It was very hard to get that word, uh, for the domain names and the the Twitter handles. So we had to get a little creative in how we spelled it. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Memory isn't shot yet, kids. I've remembered that. It was a Norse (laughs) word. Thank you very much. Very interesting, uh, finding a way to change the letters to get the same impact across with different spelling and so much easier. Of course, if, if you play words with friends, you'll know that if the Q letter comes up on your tiles and there are no U's, you can actually use QI as an acceptable word on words with friends, probably in Scrabble too 
to, and QIS is a word, and QAD, QAT, I think those are the only ones you can use without the U. So there's the Valkyrie with the QA, and that will not be a word you could use on Words with Friends. I just wanted to tell you, Ryan and Chuck, thank you very much. <laughs> now, we, I know, it's very, very, I only play 49 games right now. That's how I go to sleep at night, is I go through these games, and yet anybody wants to find me, I'll tell you where to find me. Let's go to our third guest. I just met him a few minutes ago, and I had to learn a whole new pronunciation system. It looks like Farns Denise, and it's actually Founds Genesee. I'm so pleased to meet you, Founds. Please share with us, what is the origin of your name? What do you do? And why are you excited to be here today? Go ahead, Founds. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me, Bonnie, and thanks to all the listeners. Um, well, so my name is derived from my grandfather, Grandpa Fallon or Fallon in English. And so dad kind of shortened it up and made it his own, and I ended up being Fallon's. <laughs> so that's how I got my name. Uh, and uh, the reason I'm here and the reason I love drones is I've been a lot, one, I've been a lifelong geek. Uh, I'm also a former flight nurse with the United States Air Force. I also have a background as an audio engineer from Disney. And all those skills came into play with drones, doing systems integrations. And uh, my company, Unmanned Systems Operation, USOG, I'm the CEO and founder. And what we do is we specialize in drone delivery systems. So what I mean by that is the drone is the drone. The drone is, we're agnostic. It's a truck. We do systems integrations to allow the drones to deliver to Valkyrie box or wherever else it needs to go. Um, we uh, have a patent pending on the first multi-package delivery system on unmanned vehicles. So instead of just dropping off one box at a time, uh, we can do two, three, or 15 envelopes. Uh, so we've got quite a fun system. And the whole reason I started the company was to save lives. So we specialize in the medical space. I'm, I'm honored to have you here specializing in the medical space. Very, very interesting. We, we, we think of drones often, I was telling all of you before we started the show, in, in military terms, right? We see them mm-hmm. in action on the news, on shows like I'm watching reruns of the Jack Ryan on, uh, streaming on-demand series, not the movie, but the, the TV series. And we see drones in K-I-L-L situations all the time. But we have to think. That's why you're all here today, is to help us see them in a positive light. And I mentioned there are now degrees you can get in drone avionics, delivering library books. We all know about groceries. Yes, can I get that bottle of whiskey delivered to my roof tomorrow? I'm having a party at 5 o'clock. But, but the serious, the, the changing, the, the impact on climate change, on greenhouse gases, on rescue missions on good stuff and that brings me to Stephen Philpott you don't have senior in your name down there I'm going to put that in there so everybody knows who you are Stephen is dressed up for a big event that is a beautiful tie you're wearing I'm very, I have my flower on so there you go Stephen. I was all out of flowers <laughs> I got a whole bunch here I can loan you I got a pink one a green one a yellow one Steve welcome we are so delighted you're here please introduce yourself thank you Bonnie for having me on tech rev it's good to oh be thank you <laughs> uh, I'm CEO of extra medium uh, we've been around for almost 20 years next April will be 20 years we were founded to uh, introduce the notion of technology and economic development broad definition uh, but uh, I really got into technology after I got out of the the Marines United States Marines as a communicator as the military was starting to transition to more digital technology in the, uh, the battlefield. And so I thought, well, in our communities coming back here, we were really not looking the way we needed to. We should start looking at technologies at a high level. 
And so we began to build different companies that would demonstrate that. We built the first digital uh, jukebox. We built the network between jukeboxes. We built, we did. We built the first social media uh, platform a year and a half before YouTube. Anyway, our goal is to look at technologies that are being developed and that technologies are like what geeks are doing and it's kind of cool that are going to become tools, which are what we use every day and are boring. And so 20 years ago, we saw drones, we saw uh, the internet of things, we saw the array of things, we saw these platforms kind of converging. And so about five years ago, we started looking at uh, where are the startups that are going to be born from those systems? And one of those was MyScout. So we nurtured that company. It's a drone company. We're part of uh, Danny Davis's Drone Advisory Committee, Congressman Danny Davis's Drone Advisory Committee. Uh, we are part of, or I am, uh, on the, the Federal Aviation's Drone Advisory Committee deck and the NASA Digital Information Platform, UAM Cross-Cutting Community Integration Working Group. And we run a number of other programs for community outreach to get people to see that this industry, this drone industry, is going to be multiple times more beneficial as the automobile industry and the highway, the movement to build highways was for the United States. And this is a chance to really grab a chunk of the, uh, the economy. Steve, I have two questions for you. Number one, do you sleep? I, I, I think I do. But, do but get, while I'm do, processing while I'm Do sleeping. you get time to, I think that, I see that brain, I see those wheels going all the time. Second question, or maybe I should have said, what do you have for breakfast? I thought I had high energy, you're off the charts. And, and I say that with, with great respect and admiration. The second question is, connected jukeboxes. Are we talking the kinds of jukeboxes that used to have the little boxes on tables in diners? I come from New York, where you put a quarter in and you got to select three songs. You spun the little dial there and you picked the songs and everybody in the diner had to listen to your songs. Is that the kind of jukebox? Are we talking about the big ones? Yeah, both. Uh, so Wurlitzer Jukebox invented the jukebox back in a long time ago, the 1800s. Yep. And it turns out back in the 90s, they had... 500,000 jukeboxes all over the country just spread out and guys would go put the music in there. Sean Fanning was letting people steal music at the time. It had become digital and we thought, oh, you know what? It's going to be legal. If they can't stop that train. They're not going to turn that parade around. It's going to be legal. What's the business model behind it? And so we went to Wurlitzer and we said, here's our design for uh, connecting your jukeboxes. And it's a, it's a weird story because ju- they, we closed the deal and Wurlitzer jukebox goes out of business. So we, we take the blueprint to their competitor who had twice as many. Their footprint, market footprint worldwide was 800,000. And so we did some cool things with that network. And so, yeah. I'm thinking of Joni Mitchell's song, We Pay Paradise and Put Up a Parking Lot. Oh, <laughs> don't you know, it always goes to show you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I'm showing my age, but I still have, I think, a couple of vinyl albums of Joni Mitchell. We won't go there. Gentlemen, thank you for the introductions. I am so, I'm just going to say it, I'm honored to meet all of you. I respect innovation. I respect creativity. I respect energy, and you're all bringing that, and so thank you very much. Now, let's go to the fun, first, 
fun part, second part of the show, is our quotes. I've asked each of you to send me an opening quote from a movie or a TV character, fictional, or a song lyric that means something to you that has nothing to do with our topic. It would be a little hard to find, I think, song lyrics about drones, but they're probably out there. And I'm going to read the quote with a little bit of background trivia, not too much, and ask whoever the sort, whoever brought the quote, to explain, take about three minutes in your own words, why did you pick the quote? Chuck, you're up first. We're looking at the top of your head. There you go. Chuck has sent us a quote from, this is interesting, the character is Mike Milo, played by Clint Eastwood, an iconic actor. The title of the movie is Cry Macho. It's new. It's an American neo-Western drama film directed, of course, and produced by Clint Eastwood based on the 1975 novel of the same name by N. Richard Nash. It follows a former rodeo star, Eastwood, who is hired to reunite a young man in Mexico with his father in the United States. Here's the quote. Look where you're going and go where you're looking. Chuck, talk to us. How does this relate to drones? I think I have an idea, but go ahead and regale us. Sure. Well, actually, it relates to lots of things in the technology space. Uh, the, the, go where, the look where you're going piece really is about the crystal ball and understanding what's coming. And understanding it maybe before it's fully commercially viable, understanding it before maybe the technology is there. And, and, and two in particular points of that understanding are profound knowledge of the customer need and the requirements and the way they evolve over time. And the second is profound knowledge of the technological possibilities and the way they evolve over time. So the, the look where you're going part is to figure out what's possible not just now, but in reasonable future time horizons. The second piece of the quote is go where you're looking. And that's about execution of a vision based on that profound knowledge of customer need and technological possibility. And there's three different chunks of that go where you're looking piece that I think is really applicable to this market and, and perhaps this panel. And the first one is really about technology. So there's huge advances in drone technology, motors, motor controls, batteries have gotten order of magnitude lighter over the last decade. If not for that, drones would be basically impossible. Lithium polymer batteries really make that possible. Um, huge advances in computer technology and AI and sensors that, you know, the gyroscopes that keep the drone level, all that stuff is really important in terms of, of how this market is developing. And similarly, all of the, the applications for drones, and, and we're going to talk a lot about package delivery today because that happens to be where some of the panel is focused, but drones are also used in surveillance and inspections, you know, like bridges and cell towers and stuff. People don't have to climb those anymore if there's a drone that can look for them. Uh, they're also used in entertainment. You might have seen the drone light shows at the Super Bowl or the Olympics. That's a huge trend that I think is, is coming forward. So that, the first one is the technology piece, uh, and we should definitely go where we're looking in terms of technology. The second one really applies to startups like ours, and, and in fact, uh, all of your panelists are in some ways entrepreneurs, and uh, we really do need to figure out exactly what the market is going to want in future timescales, build business plans that get us there before we're out of resources. You know, that's kind of the startup game. And, uh, and, and certainly we're all very much engaged in making that happen. And the third constituency that I really hope learns to go where they're looking 
is the regulatory environment surrounding drones. Now I know Bonnie told us not to get political, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stress that just a little. Okay. Because, because there are places in this world where regulation is much less stringent than the United States. Things about non-visual line of sight flight, flying over people, flying at altitudes different than you know certain areas and so on. We, we've got to get uh, the vision of what drones can do in terms of really large-scale deployments aligned somehow with worldwide regulatory uh, bodies about that stuff. So the, especially the United States FAA, I think they're really potentially uh, working very much in the public interest, but I'd like to see them work in the public interest faster. Well, hopefully the right people are listening and watching today, Chuck. There you go. Got to get the word out. Thank you very much. Let's go to Ryan Walsh's quote. He is quoting Shuri, played by Letitia Wright in Black Panther, 2018 American, I saw a great movie, superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name produced by Marvel, distributed by Disney. Letitia Wright is Shuri T'Challa's 16-year-old sister who designs new technology for the country. She has an innovative spirit and mind. Very interesting. And here's the quote, very important. Just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved. I want to say amen, but this is not a faith-based show either. So, <laughs> Ryan, how'd you find this one? Wonderful quote. Go ahead, Ryan Walsh. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, it really just stood out to me. And I mean, there's a lot of um, entrenched mindsets, especially when it comes to things like logistics and some of the staples in our society. Um, and so, you know, it works. It's fine until it doesn't. Right. I mean, we saw that with COVID, the breakdown in supply chains and the breakdowns in logistics. And so, you know, the idea that things can't be optimized or enhanced. Right. I mean, drones are never going to replace ground vehicles, but they can definitely uh, alleviate a lot of the pressure and a lot of the burdens that are already on these systems. And by adding that next dimension of air travel, um, it opens up a whole new world. So, you know, not being constrained by where we're currently at and looking at the possibility of what's actually available and possible the chuck's point and uh is really where I, I see a lot of the drone market going so that one just resonated with me thank you and i almost burst out singing but i try not to sing on my radio shows dance i'm a drummer i'm a dancer but i try not to sing a whole new world when you said that ryan it just reminded me we needed to say that bounce <laughs> is cracking up you had to go disney didn't you I told you I have no sense of humor and, and no memory. So, yeah, there you go. I just proved my point. Fans has selected five words, the title of a song from, I'm from the disco era, dear. 1979 disco song performed by the American R&B duo McFadden and Whitehead from their debut album. They wrote and produced the song, and uh, they revisited it in their 1984 single. And the title is the quote, Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Oh, have I danced to that? I used to teach disco. I used to go into contests. As a disco, you had no idea what those days were like. So much fun. Founce, rescue me here. Ain't no stopping us now. Great quote. Ain't How no does this stopping work? us now. Talk well, to I me. Mean, that quote just resonates completely with... Uh, I, first off, I got an amazing team of innovators, and 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 I try to keep the vision of what we're doing ahead of everybody and and, and everything we're doing. And the cat's already out of the bag; the genie's out of the bottle. For the same reasons that Chuck and Ryan mentioned, drone technology is here; it is not going anywhere, and there's no stopping it. It is the next uh, wave of innovations that are constantly happening. IoT is here. 
and uh, the, the uses for drones are innumerable. We just happen to, you know, focus on a small sector of it, which happens to be in the medical side of it. And it's going to be ubiquitous, just like when the first cell phone came out, it was a giant brick that you had to have a sling on to carry and walk with. And now everybody has a phone on them. Even on their wrists now, they have a phone. Just like Dick Tracy used to be a thing. Well, we have it now. So we are at that point in in the world that drones, they're here to stay. So there ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. On the move, on the move. That's right. And what's interesting is when they recut the song for the 1984 single, it was called Ain't No Stopping Us Now, Ain't No Way. So there was there was the emphasis. I do my homework, kids. Okay. Yeah, you did. I do. I do. And I love the lookups of the quotes. It's as much fun for me as it is for you to pick them. And let's go to Steve's quote. This is from a group called Prime Meridian. And if you all are curious, there's something called a Prime Meridian. You can look that up. This is a hip-hop-based power group consisting of Simeon, and they actually spell out on Wikipedia, Simeon Viltz and Darshan Gibbs from Chicago in the the album is I'll Meet You in Greenwich from 2002, and here is the, the line Steve has selected. A thousand pieces in my jigsaw, a thousand tongues in my symphony, moving this body of language, bringing science to this industry. Steve, long quote, talk to us. How did you find this, and what does it have to do with drones? Steve Philpott, you're up. So when I got out of the military, I actually got into design development, coding, and selling product development of enterprise mainframe technology, which, you know, no one knows today unless you're 150 years old. But I learned so much about how business was run, how American, how the world was running their businesses off of these machines and all these new technologies they were bringing in. I was so excited to tell communities and my black entrepreneurs and cities how they could adopt some of this technology, but they could not understand what I was saying. And so about 10 years into that frustration and having a really good career, um, I met these guys while I was volunteering, teaching a business class. And the the class was uh, build your business, but consider new technologies, right? And so these guys show up and they're like, hey, can you write our business plan? Here's a song, you can use it as your theme song, a thousand pieces in your jigsaw, those are the tools and technologies that are available to you and the languages, how to communicate those tools to the different areas of need. So we had to define the language, you had to bring the tools and create a symphony that was entertaining enough that people could understand the message. Technology was here, technology was available, it's a tool for change. And so they gave it to me as my theme song and it's my phone, my uh, ringtone. It's been that way for 19, 19 years. Well, I don't want to shock you, Steve, but I am considered an early woman in tech. I was coding COBOL for a Xerox Sigma 6 CP5 back in the 1970s in the key punch days. And I was put right out of school in charge of a statewide community college reporting system for the in Eugene, Oregon, for the state of Oregon. And I coded in COBOL for two years. And then my boss left, moved to California. He wanted to, he was going to some ocean water reclaiming fish food plan or something like that and they said to me well you've been here two years you're fresh out of out of the degree 
why did you take over the system? So I became I became the the coder, the manager, and everything of this statewide system. But what's funny was I still have green bar paper, I still have my COBOL book, wow. and I still have printouts. I was a master at debugging core dumps. I still have the paper. I still remember EBCDIC code. But what's interesting is I was recently asked to be the kickoff speaker for the women uh, women's International Women's Day for Women in Big Data, which is an organization that has members all over the world and. The this past March 8th, I was their kickoff speaker, and I put together a small slideshow with pictures of the COBOL book, of my handwriting on the thick printouts of green bar paper. Sure. With and I then I graduated and went to a, a, an organization that was I was allowed to code in PL1, and I was we were running IBM 4341, and we actually had terminals to enter the code. But I'll never forget the night of my first job when I got a call at three in the morning from an operator at, at the college. It was Lane Community College where I was I was hired. And they said to me, we have an ad band on card number 342. And I sat on the edge of the bed 3.30 in the morning and I said, give me a second, Bob, whatever his name was. I said, okay, go back five cards, put in a zero on the JCL, on the console, job control language, put in a zero and try running it again. I'm going to sit here for exactly five minutes in the dark with my eyes closed and wait for the phone to ring again. I'm going to hang up now. If you don't call back in five minutes, that means the program ran. If you call back, I'll try to help you a little bit more. I waited five minutes. The phone never rang. I went back to sleep. You knew your code, right? 2,000. I could write 2,000 lines handwritten over the weekend, have them running on a Monday morning with maybe one syntax error, and I was up and running. I was working for us, called it a slush fund. The community colleges had extra money. They hired me as my own contract programmer, even though I was full-time job. And my spec, Steve, came from a consultant in Salem, Oregon, who called me up and he said, get out a piece of legal paper and draw a line across the top and a line down the left and draw five columns this way in six lines. These are the titles of the columns. These are the lines on the left. And this is the code. You have to design the program and this is the report we need. Thank you. We need to hang up and I would write the program to solve those problems. How, how long would it take a, uh, a sh- one sheet of green bar paper just to give a comparison between what tools coders have today and tools we had back then? How long would it take one page of green bar paper to print? One page. I have no idea. Oh Five seconds? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I was oh. going to say it would probably be a couple of minutes per page. So if I have a pay of a green bar stack, that's uh, an inch thick, you know, you know, but the fun was going in and saying there was an ad band. Where was it? You found the address of where the program stopped. You had to go into the code and circle that and see what instruction was wrong or what data was not being accepted by the program find it either correct the data or correct the program it was it was like you didn't have an undo button? <laughs> oh you silly person you oh you silly young person that area, that era. i appreciate everything we have today I, I do, too. I do, too. And, and when I, I got a job in a company that wanted to move to Macintosh, I cried. They said, would you manage be a marketing director and manage? I said, Mac, I said, you expect me to move this little thing around called a mouse on a, uh, on a desk? I said, I come from here. So they, so they said, we're going to punish you. So they brought in a dumb terminal. They said, you are now our contract programmer for turnkey banking systems. Bring your COBOL book. So half of the day I was coding transformation programs for a bank, savings bank in New York. It was a different company to get them converted to our new system and then I was doing marketing on the Macintosh I cried a lot I learned design in WYSIWYG on PageMaker at night WYSIWYG. I had rent oh me a what does WYSIWYG mean 
what you see is what, what you, you get. What you and get. they <laughs> rented me a Macintosh, and I sat up from midnight till three every morning for a month and taught myself newsletter. I was coding, I was writing and designing a newsletter for the executives and the presidents of the savings banks of New York State with no experience as a new marketing director for a correspondent bank, and half of my day was spent coding a turnkey banking system. You don't want to know what life was like in those days. It was a lot of fun, and you learned on the job. You did. Gentlemen, we got to move on. This is too much fun reminiscing. We got to do this again. Steve? I blame you. You started this. You got me rolling here. So let's do some predictions. Predictions is Bonnie. We'll let the predictions start on the show. Chuck Byers, I'm going to prediction. Let's keep this to two minutes apiece. I'm picking prediction number one for each of you. I'll put them in the chat so you know where we're going. Uh, Chuck Byers' first quote, first prediction is, there will be a drone landing station next to every drive-up window at fast food restaurants, pharmacies, etc. Chuck, talk to us. Two minutes. Yeah, how many people are irritated with the lines and queuing that happens if you go to a place like McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or Walgreens? You know, there might be 20, 30 cars in front of you trying to, and all, all you want is your coffee or whatever, right? Uh, I think what's going to happen is drones, and especially drone delivery of those food and pharmacy and, and, and you know, quick sundry items, I think that, that that stuff is going to be uh, largely done by drones. You know, why would you get in the car and drive over to the McDonald's when the McDonald's can come to you and basically drop the, the order on the on the front of your mailbox out, out in front of your house? Um, the, the, uh, the way that that might work is, you know, think about the way the drive-through window works in these places. There's a little, little bump out, and then the, the, the clerk leans out and hands you your order. What if just sort of to the, uh, I guess maybe to the right of that, there's an elevator that the, the barista or the clerk or the pharmacist puts the order in a thing. The elevator hauls it up to the roof of the building where there's a drone landed and centered and recharged and ready to go. The robotic stuff loads that order into the drone. The drone takes off, flies to your house two, three kilometers, drops it off, flies back, lands, gets recharged, and is ready for the next order. That could really reduce the uh, number of cars waiting unproductively in those queuing lines and it's also really helpful for the carbon footprint of the whole the whole adventure so i I think that i think we're going to see that that automation being at least as important to something like a fast food restaurant or pharmacy um all this drone stuff is going to be at least as important as that drive-through window is to their business value Thank you very much. I understand when I bought this house, I'm in Durham, North Carolina now, that the man who lived here had a drone. He used to fly it over everybody's yards, and they called this the house of the drone guy. I don't know what he got. I don't know what he took pictures of. This is not exactly a, uh, this is a 55-plus community. That's all I'll tell you. I don't think he saw too much that people didn't want to see. Founce is saying, whoa, I wonder what that camera got. We oh, all no. wondered. I, I, I don't, you don't want to see either. That's the point. Okay, let's move on. I'm looking at Ryan Walsh's predictions here. Ryan, I pick prediction number one. Drones, you say, will soon be as ubiquitous as cars, and it will seem like it happened overnight. I'm going to stop there and let you continue it. Ryan, I'm putting you on speaker view. Go ahead. Sure. So, you know, to the points that that Steve and Founce and and Chuck made earlier, I mean, this is rapidly happening, and it's going to... adopted mainstream in the very near future and um to chuck's point right you're going to start seeing societal changes you're going to start seeing um architectural changes right buildings are going to be 
crafted with this, just like garages were for cars, right? You're not going to have, um, you know, the old way of doing things as much. And so it's going to impact the number of cars on the road and, and you know, going to have that third dimension added in. And so looking at all the changes that are going to start creating this domino effect from drone technology is really exciting for me. And I think it's going to make some drastic impacts on just how we go about day-to-day life. Thank you very much. I think we agree with that. I know when I'm watching a TV show or even something on the news and I see the aerial view, I say, that's got to be a drone. That's got to be a drone view, a camera. I wondered how they how they got it or where they hired it from or who's running it or who's who's remotely controlling it. So we're starting to see, as a layperson, starting to see that's got to be a drone. Let's go on. I'm looking at Founce. I'm looking at your first prediction here. Yes, here we go. And this is the first ubiquitous, did I do this already? The first ubiquitous use of drone technology will be in the medical space. The ubiquitous word caught me off guard because somebody else used that. The use case is compelling. Listen to this, because drones can help save lives, but it's more critical than having a pizza delivered. I think we can agree on that. Fans, talk to us. When and where is this coming into whose community? Um, can't say who, where, when yet, but uh, we're working with an uh, uh, a entity that uh, services uh, local hospitals. And for them to move, let's say, 20 pounds of blood, which is about... 20 pints from their distribution location to a hospital is only 4.4 miles away. It takes them over an hour to do it by car. An hour by car. Whereas we've calculated on a bad day, 15 minutes by drone. On a bad day. So not only a regular delivery, but emergencies for trauma patients. I mean, those are critical life-saving moments. Um, being able to deliver and get um, just blood from one location to another. Um, there's been cases that um, during COVID, COVID vaccines were delivered by drone to outlying areas. And the reason I started this whole company in the first place, I was sitting on the five freeway going north, going nowhere fast. There was a LabQuest man in front of me. And the first thing in my head was how many samples are deteriorating in that van while we're sitting here on the freeway. And all I can think of is by the time we move one mile, my, one of my drones could go five miles up and back before we even move. And so being a formal medical personnel on board a military aircraft, I understand the criticality of moving blood, uh, blood samples, uh, getting medications, all that is critical to do it in a timely manner, especially in the first golden hour. And we can also save, you know, lives and help save the environment because this falls under, as you said in the beginning, EV. Yeah. And and fans, while you're speaking, I'm thinking a lot of people sit there and say, what if, or why not, or why isn't it happening? And you said, I know where the technology is. I have the background. I see the need. I'm going to make it happen. Isn't that why you're all here is making something happen that's for a bigger good? I didn't say the greater good, a bigger good, a different good for some kind of benefit to a person, a population, an environment, a planet, something is there is a need. Let's do something about it with what we know or what we're going to be able to know. That's why I, I have great respect for the four of you for being here today. Let's go on. Steve, I'm looking. I switched your prediction, Steve. I had number one, but number two has a lot of meat on the bones here. You say drone and e 
EVTOL, that's Electric Vehicle Takeoff and Landing Aircraft, that uses electric power to hover, take off, and land vertically. Those services will cause a spike in the number of urban air mobility infrastructure projects over the next five years. Steve, translate this for me. Unpack it for me, please. Go ahead. Okay, so let me qualify. So drones we think of as these small flying cameras. Cool, they can fly up to legally 400 feet. So there is consideration by the FAA to build infrastructure so that those services that Chuck and Farms provide can fly without, you know, collision. There's collision avoidance. There's a system of safety. But before any of that, because we're just independent users and operators running these things and we're trying to generate revenues, we're trying to build a market, well, you know, we get our clients in, but there are billions of dollars being invested today in basically autonomous air taxis. So uh, Uber has a, a spec that they invested in for a play called Joby. So Joby is the preeminent leader in these autonomous taxis that are going to pick you up. No one's going to be in it. It's going to take you somewhere probably based on some address in your Google calendar. The FAA has seen this movement and and companies like Joby and Ehang are building places to take off and land, vertiports. So the FAA, in addition to the look at uh, UAVs in the national airspace, we're also looking at integrations that are required almost immediately for these vertiports that are now being, they're, they're part of the low altitude augmentation system, which is, if you think they're satellites that track the planes, they're uh, ground-based sensors, satellites and radar that track those planes at lower levels. And then there's another system that can see helicopters because helicopters don't fly like planes. So a plane flies like this, a helicopter flies like this. An air taxi is going to fly in a smaller radius and drones even smaller. So build it. when that infrastructure starts to grow, when those highways start to connect those communities and those things can fly, every dollar of investment in uh, urban air mobility is going to lean toward making sure I have a gas station on that route, at, you know, theoretically speaking, an energy charging station, a distribution hub, a training center, uh, landing and takeoff with third parties, battery exchange. There are going to be a number of different services throughout infrastructure to support this. And we're ready with the devices and the operators already. So as the FAA moves into 2025, 20, you'll start to see those infrastructures come out and then Ehang and Joby and those guys are going to actuate their actuate their businesses and then boom, copycats. The market's going to grow and you're going to see, you know, we're not going to be talking about it being the future. It, I mean, not even close. It's just going to be, oh, those drones are so noisy. So. It will be the future of now because it will already be here, right? It'll it will, yeah, we'll it will already be here. We'll have another future we'll be talking about. Anybody have any comments? I'm ready to start a quick round two of predictions. Any comments on, on what Steve just shared? which is a, a bigger statement about the future. F- Founce, anything you want to say? I, I would absolutely agree with them. Uh, it's the infrastructure is already being built um, to include smart cities. That's part of that infrastructure. Um, we're already looking at integrating ourselves into those smart cities on the technology we carry on board are, you know, drones, um, everything from, you know, sense and avoid to being able to connect via 5G to our drones and not only just to the drone from the drone to the landing station that valkyrie has so that infrastructure will be of uh, uh, unmanned vehicles 
Thank you very much. Chuck, anything you want to say? Because, Chuck, I'm ready to start prediction round number two with you. You good? Real fast. I'll be the yeah. first one in line for that air taxi. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I fly, I'm about uh, like, like uh, 12 miles away from O'Hare or something like that. But it takes me between 45 minutes and two hours to get there via limo. Sure. And uh, if you can drop the thing in my cul-de-sac, I'll jump in. You can fly me there at, at 40, 50, 60 kph, and, and, and I'll be at Terminal 1 in 10, 15 yeah. minutes. It'd be awesome. Wow, interesting. I just watched the season finale of Billions, if anybody watches it. And there's a hell, yes, there's a heliport involved. I'm not sure how I feel about Mike Prince taking over as the lead on, <laughs> instead of Axe Capital. But anyway, there's a heliport involved in a private, a third. They said, we didn't need to spend $6 billion on a third plane. But now that you're trying to flee the authorities and flee the country, now you know why we needed that third plane in the hangar. Axe, and he goes to Switzerland, and you see the map. Anyway, I hope I didn't give anything away, but it's it's interesting. The help. I'm thinking what a drone would have done in that show would have been very interesting. Let's try to squeeze in one more round of predictions. We've got 11 minutes left. Let's go to you, Chuck. Prediction, prediction number two. You say precision navigation, safety enhancements, and Wi-Fi six will enable large-scale indoor drone operations for things, oh, that's why I picked this one, for things like cleaning, disinfecting, mail delivery, and security patrols. Very interesting. Chuck, talk to us. Well, we, we think that uh, drones really don't work very well indoors for a lot of reasons. For one, for one thing, they're creepy. You know, imagine being in an airport terminal and seeing this stuff zipping back and forth. Right. Uh, but, but they're getting quieter and they're getting much safer. They have redundant uh, power supplies and redundant controllers, and they, 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 they bail out if they think they're in trouble in a way that won't hurt people automatically. So I, I think well, what the problem is is you got to know where they are. And that requires GPS signals. you got to be able to see five or six satellites in the sky to get a decent fix on your position. If you're in, in the middle of an indoor space, a convention center or something, no, you're not going to get that. So you use things like the, the new enhanced Wi-Fi capabilities that are being installed and other precision location devices to know where you are. You use lots of cameras. A drone might have six cameras, left, right, up, down, front, back, to, to find out if anybody's in their way. And, uh, and all this stuff is tied together with various kinds of AI functions to build really trustworthy, safe, secure, reliable, uh, private, all that stuff, uh, infrastructure. And, and I, I mentioned some things that you might want to do, uh, you know, things, things like mailroom delivery or things like cleaning and disinfection. But it could also be, you know, there's a, there, there's a food court down there and I want, I want pizza. Bring me pizza. The, the drone could theoretically do that. Very interesting. There's so many changes that will happen in how we relate to what we want, where we need to go, what we services we need, what we expect. Getting you, we, we've talked about robots, right? For years, bots, robotics, RPA. I remember visiting a New York Times plant in, on Long Island, New York, in, in near uh, near Whitestone, years ago. That had robots moving huge bolts of paper. Steve is smiling from one place to the other, and there were tracks in the floor that the robots followed with these big pallets of paper delivering it to the next printer machine that needed these huge tons of paper and I thought really robots in a printing factory that's interesting and here we are talking about these things anyway let's go to let's see I gotta go ahead can I interject something real quick here please yeah what Chuck was just saying about the drones flying indoors needing GPS that is true however just released recently within the last month month and a half there is now a flight controller with an AI computer on board that can fly indoors 
without GPS, and it's all based on stereo visioning, visual perception, essentially, and a you know, and a time of flight camera. So it's here. That's not the vision that is here today. Let's hope it's precise. I have friends who bought little it tiny is. drones and they fly them around their room when they're making jigsaw puzzles. They say, look, I landed on this piece of the puzzle. Anyway, we won't go there. Okay, let's go to prediction number two from Ryan Walsh. Ryan, this is interesting. You say people are becoming less patient, accepting more or less, and there is no end in sight to how far this will go. We're seeing the beginnings of an expectations of instant gratification in every aspect. Why don't you relate this to drones for us, Ryan Walsh? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing it and COVID really exacerbated it. People want delivery within an hour, right? They want food as soon as they order it. And, you know, mix that with the shortage of drivers that most, if not all companies are seeing and the increased wages that are going with it. It's just not a sustainable system. And so really drones are the only option to achieve that, right? I mean, drones are more cost effective, faster, more efficient than most traditional last mile delivery systems as it is and you know you start putting those expectations those cost constraints and you know the labor constraints on it then it's really the only solution that alleviates this so we really see drones as being the only option for last mile delivery for where the the entire market is going thank you that gratification and we can also pair that with need I need a helicopter. I need a an ambulance. I need a medical person right now. Get me something on a drone. Yes. Let's go to, we have just a few minutes left. I want to see if we can squeeze in two more here. One from, uh, from Founce I have here. Prediction number two. Interesting. So it is, as we see more severe weather patterns across the country, and I'm going to say even perhaps across the world, may I say that, Vance? Drones will become tools to assist in mitigating wildfires and natural disasters. How apropos is that right now? Look at what's been happening in California and other parts, at least of the U.S. Vance, talk to us. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of ways drones are being used. Uh, for firefighting, uh, FLIR on drones assist um, um, assist uh, firefighters controlling fires, uh, predicting where they're going. Uh, recently in Haiti with the earthquakes, uh, you couldn't get to different uh, villages or areas out and because the roads were blocked. I have drones that'll lift 20 pounds worth of medical supplies, food, whatever it is that could go five miles down the road and bypass these, you know, uh, blocked roads. Um, just a point of fact, a box of MREs is only, what, 12.4 pounds, and that can feed quite a number of people. And so we can use these drones to help in natural disasters. Um, it's just it's just amazing what they can do, you know, surveying lands and what have you, and uh, post-disaster, you know, and it's, it's now looked, drones are now being looked on as a uh, critical infrastructure for logistics backup. Okay, interesting. We need the brain power, the technology access, the people who care, and the people who have the means to make this happen all to come together to make this a reality rather than just predictions. Let's squeeze in one more prediction. Steve, forgive me, I've gone to prediction number four because I think we've covered enough of the Uber-like apps and the retailers and all that. Yeah, we'll get our toaster when we get our toaster. Mm -hmm. It's okay, I could wait two days. I did wait six weeks for a screen door because of COVID and supply chain disruption. So I, yeah, and you don't want to know the fight I had with a major retailer on that one. Steve says, drone services will begin, this is interesting, 
existing will begin to reduce the number of human employees required for some jobs, e.g., i.e., example, security, delivery, etc. This is something that has been frightening people, Steve, when we talk about machine learning and artificial intelligence and all kinds of IoT technologies. Will you still have jobs for people? And the answer has been ubiquitously retrain, reskill, get used to a job, get ready to have a job that will require you to use your brain more rather than just push a button or move something along a a slide or or an assembly line. So Steve, you get the final word on this and then we're going to wrap up talk to me okay uh in two minutes i will say that uh we fly our the way our service is made we fly a three mile corridor and we supplement overhead uh security guards at retailer locations the retailer after a while starts to notice they don't need a person who's in there on their phone that they're paying 15 dollars an hour if they've got a guy that can see one mile on either side of their business it's not our fault it's a better system. There's a general prediction that artificial intelligence, machine learning, and all these new innovations, or these innovations in general, will cause a 50% reduction in the workforce. 50%. Now, that doesn't mean that the security guard has to become a better physical security guard. I think that delivery jobs, some security jobs, some of these things are just not going to be, uh, drones are just better suited for them. That's just the case. And we, you, you'd rather have them do it. And in that case, you're going to see apps. We talked about apps. Apps in the background, you order your food from Grubhub. There's going to be an option there. You want the drone to bring it? Right? Yeah. And so the people that will make this transition easily will be the people that provide those integrations. They build integration so that you want drone, you want a drone service that does medical supplies. Here's an API to um, uh, Genesee's business. Here's an API to uh, FedEx's um, print to order system where you can use the drone as a delivery option. So you don't have this internal operations wearing down the business. They're just using this new tool. And I think that this, the, the acceptance of that will speed the demise of the employment market if we're not careful enough to say, oh, here's the opportunity that's going to also be born of that depression. So the two words I got from you, Steve, the two operative words people are probably hearing are acceptance and choice, right? Accept the option, make the choice. Do you want a drone or do you want that guy? I recently had something delivered by Amazon to my driveway, but it wasn't an Amazon truck. It wasn't a van. It wasn't FedEx. It wasn't UPS. It was two young ladies in a car, private car, pulled up in my driveway, and they got out and opened the trunk and looked to see what was in their trunk. And then they opened the back seat, and they pulled out a big package of paper towels. And I said to my, I'm sitting in my office here. I'm saying, wait, what are they doing in my driveway? I don't know them. I've never seen them before. There are no markings on the car. But I know I ordered paper towels and it's two days and it's time for delivery. They went back and looked in the trunk. Then they were in the back seat. They pulled out the paper towels. They put them back. They pulled out the paper to put them back. Finally, they closed up the car and get ready to leave. I leave my office. Luckily, I wasn't on the radio. Ran outside and said, ladies, are you here to deliver? They said, well, we don't know. We have these paper. T-. I said, but it's got my name on them. They said, well, we couldn't figure out. We saw the number on your house and it's printed right there on the label. Oh, these must be your paper towels. I said, please don't leave. Give me my paper towels. They were not from the normal service. They were from a, a food delivery service that had, they didn't have enough drivers for the Amazon. So they asked these girls, well, what's the service when you go to the grocery store and they pick your, uh, they pick up your groceries for you? I'm losing my, my thought here on, there's a service. 
service that goes and you see them in the green t-shirts all over the supermarkets packing and picking they had been been basically deputized to deliver my paper towels i had to have an argument with them about yes that's my name that's my address can i please have my damn paper towels and finally they gave me the paper towels so if we could have had a drone delivering my paper we'll never argue with your drone will please, never argue with you. please it wasn't worth all the odds and they felt bad and i felt worse and i told them how wonderful they are it was it was just way too much time we have to go i want to thank chuck byers so lovely to see you again and thank you again to don deloach who is listening somewhere or watching us for helping you get this panel together ryan walsh such so nice to meet you founce genese i will never forget how to pronounce your name and steve philpot what can i say i still love the tie and the jacket that's really really cool now borrow your flower and make it you are lovely i'll give you the green one or the yellow one i always keep the red let's say a quick shout out to aaron keller my engineer extraordinaire he started with me three years ago he was 26 he's now 63 he just had a birthday so i put him through his paces but he loves doing these shows bonnie degram signing off gentlemen don't go away we're gonna take pictures right after everybody wave goodbye bye Bye, LinkedIn. Bye, Facebook. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now. Oh